So, Laura, um, yes. we've established recently, haven't we, that you are a vicious psychopath and that there's lots and lots of people you want to kill. But <laughs> you've got to try and not mention it on this on this vidcast because yes. people get upset. You know, as, as you, we're not going to make, mention any names, but somebody got upset when you, in your in your Laura-ish way, said, mm. "I want to kill so and so." And do you know what? I was torn on the, on, on this one um, because I too would very much like to live in the age that you and I grew up in, and every normal person grew up in an age where you could say things like, "I'll kill you." to your children and things. And it, yeah. it didn't literally mean that you wanted to kill your children. Far yes. from it, it was almost affectionate. And I think what's missing from this horrible age we we now live in is a sense of 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 irony, of 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 context, of humor, of tradition, all these things that come to play when you use a use a phrase like I'll kill you. And sometimes, sometimes it can be, um, you know, you genuinely do want to kill somebody. Although I don't think I've ever found myself in that situation. I, don't, I think I've, uh, well, I haven't killed anyone. So that's, um, yeah. um, um, but, but it's sad, isn't it? I mean, the, but, but at the same time, so, so when the person complained to me, um, they could have been really, really arsy about it. They could have started, started threatening legal action or, or, or whatever or they could have made a fuss about it on Twitter if, if anyone's still watching on Twitter right? I don't think they are anymore but um, I could sort of see the person's position in so far as we're living in an age now where things are getting really nasty don't you think I mean one could be bumped off by the you know people like me or you could be bumped off by by the forces of of the deep yeah state, but, you know. well I mean, if, if you work in the pharmaceuticals in, industry, for example, and, and, and or you cross Hillary Clinton, I mean, that is a death sentence. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, I did, so, I so I'm, I'm, I'm torn. Yeah, no, yeah. I did, look, I, I felt very guilty, actually. My Catholic guilt really, yeah, really came in. I felt guilty. Um, it is actually a phrase that I use a lot, and perhaps I shouldn't. I spent most of that the, the very day that I claimed claim, complaint came in telling my husband that I wanted to kill him because he did something that really annoyed me. Um, and then I just thought to myself, well, maybe it's a phrase I should just stop using. Um, but, you know, look, I, I had sympathy for him. It's a public forum. Um, and there are people out there who, you know, you, you, you can't cater for. And um, there's something else I was going to say. Yeah, but I was happy he dealt, dealt with it privately, actually. So, you know, he really, you know, good. these days... These days, yeah, some people really like to milk these things on Twitter. And he could have caused a massive Twitter storm, maybe, or a massive pile-on, and he didn't do that. So, actually, um, yeah, we will leave it there. Yeah, and particularly the particularly to a given, given that he's not on our side of the argument and um, people on the other side tend to like the victimhood game. I'm always a bit... I, I don't know, but are you the same? I'm always slightly... Um, disappointed when people on our side of the argument try to make the story about how hurt they are and how how mm. you, you know what, what what victims they are i just think it's it's a game that the other side should play yeah but he didn't really do that though because he didn't make a public no, 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 that's what i mean he didn't yeah he didn't but you would have expected he, him to that's what i what no. i mean was so good about him i was very I was, I was, he also he also said about you know that he has a family basically so obviously 
once people say that to me, I start climbing down pretty quickly. Um, so anyway, we will not do it again. I will try not to do it again. I wanted to tell you a story there about about the moment when I realised the rules had changed. <laughs> so about about I think it was about fifteen years ago now. Yeah. Um, and I was I was still of the view that I was destined to have a really good yeah. mainstream media career, and I was just looking. I was looking. I was sort of working to that phase when I would eventually get a column in the Mail. Or yeah. possibly the sum, one of those me columns, and you'd get about three or four hundred thousand a year, and you'd be <laughs> sorted. Yeah, and and I become because it it is it's it's a bit like being a fighting soldier, and then and then you eventually you get promoted to I don't know, well you know you get to become a general officer if you're lucky, but but yeah, but it's the it's the thing that journalists work towards, and. Well, for me, I didn't realise that this was never going to happen. I was, I was not the cut from the, the the right right cloth, even though I think I'm a brilliant writer. But anyway, I did a, um, I was got invited onto the BBC. Was it front row? Is one of those review programmes, you know, radio review programmes, right? Um, and I was talking about a new Robbie Williams album. And I'm quite a fan of Robbie Williams in as much as I think he's I think he's made some really good I, I I think he's I think he's pretty amazing actually. He's made some pretty good records. But this one was a was a Robbie Williams cover he'd he'd covered these standards and it was rubbish. Okay. And yeah. I was reviewing this album and I said, Well, I think, you know, frankly, I I, I was a fan of his other stuff, but frankly he should be killed for this album. Oh. And there was a there was a deathly pause. Oh dear! And then the, the presenter said something like, uh, of, "Of course, you didn't didn't mean that he should be killed." And I mean, I have to say, part of me, yeah, obviously, my guts lurched as I realised correctly yes. that this was the last time I was ever going to be invited on the program. Um, yes. But but at the same time, I thought, how is it not obvious? that yeah. I don't want Robbie Williams to be killed. I've established in the conversation that I'm well disposed towards him. Uh, I don't believe that execution is appropriate for making <laughs> dodgy, dodgy records. Yeah. And also, in the old days, we used to be able to say that, that, that pop stars should be killed for making dodgy records. We didn't... There was no... <laughs> there was no malice there. And, and the whole of the audience understood that there was no yes. malice there. That's the thing. Look, I, I think... I do think, you know, a lot of people live in fear of being of being sued for libel. You know, even even on the website, we obviously we don't have a big legal department, you know, like the mail would have. And my biggest fear is always. Yeah. My biggest fear is always being being sued, being sued for for libel or defamation. And I mean, the thing is, I always so I say to myself, you know, so the politicians will never come after you, you know, unless you do something just horrifically bad. I wouldn't even mention it because I've been nearly saying, you know, um, you know, you, there, there's still fair game in terms of policy and, and stuff like that. But you could use a turn of phrase and, um, you know, you'd want to be very careful. So, you know, we are, we are careful about, especially anybody, as I said, below the politician rank, below, because they have power, they can be held accountable. Um, but below that, yeah, we'd be, we'd be, you know, well, obviously well, hang on a second. you should be careful. You know, you shouldn't go around defaming people. But, you know, some, the bar seems to be getting lower now, a lot lower. So, yeah. I, I'm, I, can I just, I'm puzzled as to what could be lower than a politician. 
You say, <laughs> what, what possible verbal is No, I'm saying, so, so say you went after a fellow columnist or something or a fellow writer, right, or someone you saw on Twitter. And so I have my hierarchy of people who I will, sorry, who I will go after and, and not go after. I, you know, I try and keep it to the politicians and, and, and Boris Johnson and stuff like that and, and not, you know, not go after a fellow, you know, a fellow uh, blogger or whoever. But um, it, it can be difficult sometimes if they just keep, printing nonsense um well there so, used to be i mean there's pe- be people in the t- a- yeah i mean people in the times continually write insane things so i keep moving it's insane things and it's really hard not to i mean i did i did do a reply blog to dominic lawson and melanie phillips obviously completely civilized because you respect because i respect both of them so much um but sometimes you want to be sarcastic. Well, I, know, I know that mel's lost it what's has, has dominic lawson yeah yeah, the bad, yeah. Bad side? yeah yeah oh, oh yeah and what's he done Oh, oh, he compared basically people like us to Harold Shippen. Yeah. Well, that's that's fair comment, isn't it? I mean, I want to go around. <laughs> but but basically, on it's quite a good plot. Well, all my stuff, of course, I think is good. It's it's this. I have to take on this idea that we view sort of elderly people as disposable, um, and uh, so it was. Well, uh, these it was are our parents. These people. I, I just, I, I can't, you know, I, I, it said it, I said it all out. It's all there. I just said, you know, actually, the irony, of course, is that I said that we are one of the most pro-life websites. We are the most pro-life websites out there. In fact, there's nobody more pro-life than us. Nobody. Um, whereas you, Dominic Lawson and Melanie Phillips, both write for, you know, uh, papers that push abortion. And um, we, we, for instance, we've opposed, you know, euthanasia or assisted dying, whatever you want to call it, because we know inevitably the pressure this will put on older people or people with disabilities um, and things like that. So the idea that we sort of wink, wink, think that, you know, older people are disposable to me, again, is is really cuts deep. So, um yeah, so I laid it all out. Have, have you have you read um, the captive mind by no. the Polish writer whose whose name I'm going to now mispronounce horribly, but it's something yes. like Cheshwav Cheshwav Miłosz. Okay, Cheshwav Miłosz. Let's let's call it that. This is near enough. Um, he was a, a a writer who lived in Poland in the nineteen. I, I think he. Was probably you know nineteen. In, in, he was probably in, in, in his twenties in the nineteen thirties. He saw. What I'm saying is that he saw Poland when it was a free country before before the communist takeover. Yep. And he then then the communists took over, and the captive mind was about his experiences watching his the guys he used to hang out with, his fellow journalists and intellectuals and artists and writers and so on how they all accommodated themselves with surprising ease with this new totalitarian oppressed anti-intellectual regime yeah and in the captive mind he puzzles why it is that that his his friends have gone over to the dark side with such apparent ease and ease, why yeah. why they did it and why he he couldn't anyway he he, he wrote the book in america because he couldn't he couldn't stand living under communism any longer mm. but I I find myself looking around me rather as Cheshwav Milos Milos must have done to his friends and you know looking at people like Dominic Lawson. I, Dominic Lawson was is one of the one of the, the the few reasons I might 
turn to the to the to the male i think he writes for because he he writes yeah. very considered very well researched columns which have always got mm. two or three facts in them that you didn't know about it but the fact that that brilliant mind that brilliant chess player and so on obsessive chess player cannot see yes. that coronavirus is no worse than you know a bad year of of flu mm. and there was evidence to support this and that the only way that you're going to see this is in the total death figures because everything else is 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 corruptible and massageable and and misattributable if that's a word um yeah. but you can't fake the deaths and we and looking at the deaths we know that 2020 was not a particularly bad death year what does that well, tell us it tells us everything well, although I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I'm not saying oh, it's not God. accurate. So they're running this line, though, that it is it was in the Times today um, that that last year was one of the worst years since. Oh, I mean, you're talking kind of 1940s or something. I could get the article. No, right? no, no. But Hello, what they do, Nora, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go on. Tell me. That's been corrected. It's been yes. proved to be utter bollocks. They well, got their, I, they got their, they got it. What wrong. I do notice is they like to do it over. They compare it over, say, a five-year average, which to me is sneaky, right? Because a five-year average no, no, won't no, take account no, don't of even, the spike don't even, in a previous year. Don't even, don't even, even countenance that argument. You're just, you're, you're wasting everyone's time. It's been disproved. If you go to lockdown skeptics today, you'll yeah. find they've retracted. They've had to come. So don't don't give me that. Okay. That oh, I'm playing devil's advocate by by bringing up some crap that I read in the Times, which is bought and paid for and disgustingly wrong. And right. oh, don't you think that's interesting? Because it ain't. You know, it's actually this is this is not a no. No, I, I know. You, I know. I'm just wrong. you know. I just want. I want the truth. I want the truth. And, yeah. Uh, but do you know what? Um, this is this is why I, I fell out with Tobes. Jack Nicholson says, "Yeah, go on." I mean, I. I I haven't really fallen out with Tobes, but I don't know whether you listened to our last podcast we did, last London Calling. Right. We agreed that we would only talk about uh, um, puppies and, and, <laughs> and dragon training and crap um, because we didn't literally talk about those things, but those are yes. the kind of things we talked about. Because Toby had once, he told me, been to a dinner party with Kofi Annan and Mrs. Kofi Annan had told him that, uh, that the only way they avoided you know, rows at dinner was by never discussing politics or religion or whatever. So we had a go at this on the podcast and stuff. But the reason that 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 I think that um, Toby, well, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that I think Toby is mistaken is he does that thing that you did just then, <laughs> which he quotes this utter bollocks from from yeah. from the kind of official narrative and cites it as it. Well, you know, on the other hand, we've got to consider this. No. They oh, right. are lying oh, to us. This is, this is, did you see today, I, I can't believe this is true, I haven't checked this up, but I'm, but yep. I, somebody on Twitter said, so it must be, that <laughs> Boris has now altered the, the criteria for um, a COVID death. Originally, if you had lung, terminal lung cancer and you died of COVID within 28 days of yeah. the COVID test, you were, that, your death was put down to COVID. Now it's, 60 days no i i, I saw that flagged up but then someone replied going that they looked at the regulations and it, it it still was 28 days but i haven't personally checked well i'm glad you corrected me on that one okay because so 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 because, i can be correct I, I, but, I, I, but i haven't personally checked i just i saw the little bit of to and fro and they said well i've just checked it it still seems 28 i mean even 28 days look you, i know james but as you know i've always been against the lockdown principle i uh i wrote something yesterday that we're now in 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 uh, the bar 
Boris Johnson regime, as in the abuse of the classic abuse of partner stage, where they, when this doesn't work, because it won't work, um, if they're saying it's endemic and it's going to spread, it's it's going to it's going to spread whether this lockdown happens or not, right? And um, uh, but it'll be all our fault. It'll be all our fault yes. because because um, we 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 left our house to buy milk at, at one stage. Tell, tell, tell me about the about the abusive partner dynamic. Tell me tell me how it works. Well, I just think well, thankfully I've never had personal experience from it. But um, you know, it's it's so they place completely. So my thinking is 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 really along these lines. So they place completely unreasonable burdens on you right they act like the reasonable person you know they they place ridiculous burdens on you ridiculous restrictions they're basically exercising coercive control on the population um i mean the last five days is one of the main reasons i wanted to do this podcast the media campaign again we don't watch it but you you can't not notice it has been relentless i mean it is peak hysteria where they've had a rolling body of people right of the the nurses and doctors the experts the met the computer modeling and then the police threatening you like an abusive partner would with the following punishments if you don't abide by their ridiculous regime either you'll get covid you'll die of covid someone else will get covid you'll die of covid or the plain old um or we will withdraw your privileges right okay honey so you know I'm just not going to let you see your friend that you that that you're allowed to see once a month because you know you you've dared to you haven't sorted out the soup cupboard properly, um, and then and then the ultimate just bad. basically basically just well you know it's from sleeping with the enemy, but and then ultimately the police who who just will outright fine you and terrorize you, and you know uh, uh, so this is this is classic abusive partner and of course it's all for your own good. It's all for your own good, honey. And um, if, if, if I, you know, I may have to make things worse for you because you've asked for it. It's not me. Yeah. It's actually you. And this is, this, this is what we're dealing with right now. And, and I mean, so they've gone after, and again, even if they don't change it, so they went after support bubbles. This was in the news a couple of, a couple of days ago, right? And again, this isn't a personal thing with me because I don't, I don't need a, per, a support bubble. Support bubbles are there to support people. These may be the only, you know, people an older person or a single mom get to see. And then there's leaks that, you know, if you're not good, if you're not a good girl, we're going to take away your support bubble. I mean, who does that? That, as I said, there's a cruelty in that. But as I've always said, the cruelty is the point. Then we have this ridiculous mask thing that we've had for the last 48 hours. I don't know if you've noticed this yet where Sainsbury's and Morrison's and Waitrose have all come out saying, we're not going to let anybody enter our shops without a mask. That's the headline, unless they're medically exempt. So I'm like, okay, are these security guys that they've said they're going to put on the door, are they going to be interrogating people over medical exemptions? You can't get a medical exemption from the GP. No. I look... I mean, the government have said, obviously, the last thing you should be doing is hassling your GP for medical exemption. One yes. of the reasons you can get it is because you suffer from anxiety. So it's really nice that they have made people who already suffer from anxiety even more anxious about the fact that they may not be led into Sainsbury's to buy a pint of milk. Again, the cruelty is the point. And I went to Sainsbury's yeah. today. I didn't wear my mask um, and it was fine, by the way, viewers. So I would I would. And I said to myself, but again, not everybody is like me. You know, I will go to my shop. And if the bouncer or the security guide wants to stop me, that's fine. 
and I will have a conversation with him and I'll ask to see the manager and I and, and I will I will say how inappropriate this is that I don't particularly like you being, know what? being interrogated over my medical history. Um, I'll but what unfortunately, I found, I'm the only one who'll do this. Yeah. I found I don't know whether you've had this experience is that after they uh, they've asked you the question and you've replied, yes, you know, I'm exempt. Yes. There is a tremendous relief. It's like yes. you feel that that you watch their shoulders drop and they're yeah. so happy because yeah. they don't like it either. They don't no. like coming up to you. And no, it, it's, it's not traumatic for them. Exactly. It's not their fault. It's the cashiers. These are low paid people, you know, on low pay probably and and I, so I, and my issue is is never with them my issue is of course with the government who are putting yeah. all this pressure on the supermarkets because they can't get the numbers down when we know wearing a mask in waitrose isn't going to make any there's nobody in waitrose they're, they're all too frightened and by the way oh we'll do your shopping online you, again you can't get a slot on either in Sainsbury's or waitrose for the next two weeks anyway so what are you supposed to do if you yeah. suffer from anxiety and you need a pint of milk I mean, but again, so this this is just again, this has been a five days of literally terrorizing the population, threatening them. Um, and I mean, the polling is all still coming back. Eighty five percent support the lockdown. But I don't know. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because it is basically a media bombing campaign. Well, um, it is beaten wife syndrome, as you, as you say. Oh, isn't completely. It? It's amazing completely. how people stay in this abusive relationship. Well, I mean, they don't have any choice, right? I mean, and then, so let me just get on, because, again, the worst part of my day is checking this, the Twitter feed of Good Morning Britain, which, again, I only do to keep an eye. It's, it, <laughs> gives me, it actually gives me anxiety. But you have to check it. You're a journalist. You, know, you, you have to check it. This stuff is going out to millions and millions of people. And yes. um, so Pierce Morgan's on there, and he's interrogating Matt Hancock, as usual. He's in his toilet or something. I don't know what's up with that that particular setup. Have you seen where Matt Hancock gives his, gives his interviews from? The weird red, I, the red you know, room. I can guess. <laughs> you, is it, I don't know why, but an image of, of, of you know that trick where you, um, uh, it, it's just weird. it involves an orange and you, oh. you, you sort of, stra you half strangle yourself. And mm. No, I don't know that trick, and, James. And, and, and you, I'd rather not. It's this kind of dangerous, auto asphyxiation it's a technique i don't know whether matt i just imagine he would do it it's the sort of thing he would do actually you're, you're a lawyer that's not technically i'm just saying i imagine it's the sort of thing you would i'm not accusing him of doing it surely surely <laughs> not, that is I'm not, not a defamation lawyer don't worry he's not gonna ministers that don't sue so but anyway the, okay. apart from what he does or does not do in his red room um, so he's, he's well, you know, know of, of course, Pierce Morgan is like picking holes in the last few remaining gaps, right, in this ridiculous lockdown. And uh, he's, oh, well, you know, estate agents can still operate. You know, people can still go in and out of houses. And then he uses, like, why are you even encouraging people to buy a house right now? And you're like, you went on a holiday over Christmas to Antigua. But you don't even care about the fact that some people could be trapped in a completely inappropriate house for their for their needs. And you, Pierce Morgan, want to stop them from moving to a house that they actually need to be in. And yet we're. But again, he's the nice guy. It, 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 as I said in the last podcast, how they get the high moral ground is, is definitely the most annoying aspect of this of this lockdown. I mean, he who probably lives in what a, a palatial house 
is actually want to stop people because I my Marl house was tiny and it's so stressful if your housing needs don't suit your family needs. I, I, I can't explain how stressful it is. And he's basically inflicting even more psychological damage on somebody who's inside anyway, right? Who, who's in, who's locked inside anyway, but it may not even, now they don't even want, to, even want them to move, even though they desperately will probably need to move. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. cruel, the cruelty is the point. Can I just say, Laura, um, I think it is absolutely, I, I would almost give you a VC for actually submitting yourself to the ordeal of yeah. looking at GMB's uh, yeah, Twitter feed. Or, because I, I, I can't do it. I really can't. I've no, actually, I, I can't I've, tell gone, you. I've gone cold turkey. I won't, yeah. I won't look, at, look at things that upset me. I I mean, do, maybe that's wrong. So you don't have to. Well, I mean, you, you, you have to counter some of it. I mean, it's just... It, it, it's it's incredible that every day they come out to terrorize the population, to tell everybody that they're selfish if they break the rules, to tell everybody the lockdown should be stricter. I mean, you know, what can you uh, what can you say? Because a lot of people watch this, it. A lot of people watch it. Yeah, there's there's lots of things that I think, um, lots of things I don't believe. The, the the official narrative I think is completely mendacious. I I, I think it is it is as bad as mm. the kind of propaganda that people were fed behind the iron curtain, you know, in the Soviet Union and or or Mao's China or wherever. For example, I don't believe um, in asymptomatic infection. Uh, no, infection. no, I don't believe. I don't believe that people can get it again. You know, I was no. um I was I was out the other day and somebody somebody said to me um in this environment where i suppose i was probably <laughs> breaching the breaching some kind of regulation and they said to me oh yes a relative of mine you know works in the nhs they've had it twice and i said well how do they get it twice and they said well yeah. first, you know, what, what, what were their experiences and they said oh first time was like this and second time was, second time was like flu second time was all aches and they were all achy and i said well, maybe. How about this? Maybe it was the <laughs> flu the second time. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the PCR tests are exaggerating the the the, the prevalence of, of yeah. COVID nineteen. You know, I would like to see the evidence before I believe that your friend who works in the NHS had. Co- so there's that one. That yeah. what they've done, and this is this is a really dodgy dodgy trick. They've actually denied decades if not centuries of medical science of understanding about how viruses work mm. and we know that they they progress to, to the stage where they become endemic we know that they mutate but they tend to take on weaker forms because they don't want to kill the host they just want to kind of search sure uh, we we know that there is this there, there are the, the immune system works in a number of ways that are, um, one of which is is t-cell immunity um, and all these things have been like written off. Yeah. They've been they've been airbrushed out of medical history. That's what's happened. They've they, 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 we've been told these things that are not true. Yeah. And you and you see where they where they're going with this. And in the same way we saw in the early days when they were trying to stop suppress all stories about the benefits of hydroxychloroquine. Now mm. they're trying to play down Invermectin, which I think is the latest latest solution. Because they don't want there to be a cure, they don't want there to be a um, uh, immune system protection, a natural immune, immune protection, because they want us to take the vaccine. It, yes. It, it's, 
once you understand that, that everything mm. is geared towards making us take the vaccine, regardless of the evidence, regardless of our feelings. Yeah. Everything becomes much, much clearer. And they basically um, and, said, and more frightening. Yeah. And I mean, they basically said you're not getting out of this lockdown until until the vaccine is done. Right. That's your choice. Lockdown or vaccine. Except, except yes. we now know that they're now saying that the vaccine doesn't give you doesn't stop you infecting other people, they're saying. Well, so but, but what they'll say is everybody, need, everybody will need to be vaccinated, right? So, I mean, let, let, okay, so let's, let's go on. Let's do Ferguson's interview, which was in the Sunday Times. Did, are you, did you read it? I'll go through it. For, well, another, for, another one, or, or, or the one so where he praised in, communist in, China as the model. Yeah, no, this is in the Sunday. There was, a bit, there was a pretty big spread in the Sunday Times of Ferguson. And um, the headline was, you know, Ferguson puts his faith in the herd. So... I mean, there were some big clangers in there that that didn't get a lot of coverage, but uh, I'm not doing direct quotes, but I will give the summary. So first of all, he basically admits, yeah, London is probably close to immunity with a combination of those who've been infected before and the vaccine. It will be close to herd immunity. And you're thinking, oh, I thought we weren't allowed to rely on herd immunity through infection. I mean, anybody who even mentioned that was some sort of monster. But yet here he is, yeah. you know, king of the king of the computer telling us, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably basically rely on both. That was number one. Number two is they go, um, you know, do you think this lockdown will work? And he says, well, that's a million dollar question. So not not like, oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm thinking this is just an experiment for you. I mean, he isn't it's a million dollar question. This is costing us billions per day. So I think I would have preferred a different answer, like absolutely. And then he goes into, you know, the R rate and can we get the R rate down, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you, you know this lockdown isn't going to work or at least it'll make very little difference. And yet you've just gone ahead with it anyway. Another clanger was, um, yeah, oh yeah, he's, as I said, he's admitted it's endemic. You know, and even on their terms, if it's endemic and this super duper new variant is so spreadable, you know, it seems that you only have to look at somebody. I mean, I'm probably giving it to you right now over the, over the internet. Yeah. Um, then of course it's going. Of course it's going to spread. There's, there's no. I mean, you might be able to slow it down, but you, if it's endemic and, and like ridiculously infectious, it's, you're not going to stop it. And then the number four was, yeah, coming back to your vaccine thing, he's like, yeah, you know, we, we'll probably need uh, multiple vaccines because of the mutation. You're like, oh, Do you know what's been happening. Oh, Have you heard what's been happening in America. Go on. It, so, so they've been trying to roll out the vaccine in america um, yeah i think i think that could be in california i think I, I i read this and the first priority um are people in medics basically medics doctors doctors and nurses and guess what the doctors and nurses no, do I not want to that. take this so yeah. so so the the next level down uh, after the next priority is really ethnic minorities um, oh right <laughs> Yes, well, because they, but, they do have a higher rate because probably because of the lack okay. of vitamin D. Fair enough. But guess what? Yeah. The ethnic minorities don't want no, to take they, it. No, they They've probably will be more They're obviously suspicious. quite tuned in to this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Into this information grid. Yeah. Um, so they don't want to take it. So, so it's, it's going to be a farce. And we haven't even got into the situation where people attempt class actions against the drug companies or well, they can't do it against the drug companies but maybe against the governments which have which have forced these things through um because of all the the side effects of which there are many 
but, mm. but these, this is being suppressed at the moment. We're not hearing well, the story. You know, we see the occasional glimpse on, on, on social media, but mostly they're suppressed. Yeah, but I mean, I just, I, I just can't believe there wasn't more on the, you know, the fact that you might need a repeat, a repeat vaccine. As I said, even on their terms, this has just been, this has just been dropped in there conveniently, you know, barely, um, barely mentioned. So I mean, as quite I said, handy. Yeah, ha- well, your drugs company far, that, yeah, that, that, really that it requires that it requires more than one. Yeah, oh, know, every for the, year. For the bottom line. Yeah, every year. Very, very handy. Convenient. Um, you know, it's a, it never stops giving, the, the coronavirus. Um, so, look, you know, what, the, the, this lockdown is an experiment, as I said. It, it's not going to work, probably. It's completely immoral and completely unethical. I'm going to go, go. There's one other point I want to make about that. And um, I mean, essentially, yeah, they've, they've, they've terrorized the population for, for seven days because they know that on, the, on current terms, it's going to spread and they're setting it up to blame you. Um, it's your fault. And they've essentially, um, yeah, as I said, a psychological attack on, on, the, on the population for the last seven days has just been, I, I mean, I thought it was bad the first time, but this time it has been unbelievable. Like just no, nothing I've ever seen can before. I, can I outline a, a, a movie script, which has just come <laughs> to me as, uh, as we talked? Um, it's, a, it's a dystopian 28 days later type, Type yeah. movie. Oh, I could where talk about that. There's film. been this there's been this fake this fake pandemic which has been talked up by this yeah. by the globalist elite. And 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 lots of people have been gulled into taking vaccines. But uh, but uh, um and, and these these vaccines have had terrible side effects and and people are really screwed up by them. And there's a there's a, a, f- a few holdouts people like us. Um, who refused to take the vaccine. And, and there was this new massive, massive social divide between mm. those who've had the vaccine and subject to all these kind of horrible ailments and, and, and um, you know, uh, probably can't breed anymore and stuff. And there's a few, there's a minority of, of, of people who, because of their bloody-minded right-wing tendencies, you know, i.e. you and me and, and, and the rest, haven't taken these vaccines. So you've got this kind of political divide being massively exacerbated by the, the the medical divide between those who've had the dodgy vaccine and those who haven't. I'm not sure how it plays out, but I can imagine the vaccinated ones, uh, despite all the evidence that the vaccine is, is dangerous, still want to try and capture the, the free people and force them to take the vaccine so that yeah. they become part of the kind of the semi-dead. Well, um, I think... But it's too realistic, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's too close to what's happening. Well, I, I, I think they're really um, the labelling and the demonising of people who aren't willing to play along with this. They've ratcheted that up. I don't know if you've noticed that. So, yeah. again, the headline in the Times yesterday was, you know, I don't know, police to terrorise or cut the, cut the heads off of. And the phrase was lockdown refuse nicks. I was like, oh, am I a lockdown? I'm a now refuse nick. Interesting. Isn't that, isn't that from, from communism? I would have thought so. A refusenik presumably is somebody who doesn't want to participate in the communist. Yeah, uh, so actually, it's a compliment. I'm going to look it up now. Yeah, yeah. So then um, you do that one, and then uh, of course there's been the long-running COVID idiot thing, which is um, you know, which is obviously another labelling device. And people who don't wear masks are basically you know stone cold blooded killers. So that kind of you know labelling and the the hostility towards people who are not willing to go along with this you know, body and soul, um, 
is is going to really increase and it will increase against anybody who doesn't who doesn't want to get the vaccine i mean they will they will basically be let be blamed for for the fact if the lockdown is extended it will be their fault so there's going to be you know things are still going to get worse before they get better um and while you're doing this so i the, the, the thing that really annoys I've done me it. I've, I found go it. on what does it say it's quite interesting actually so yeah. refusenik was the term used in the soviet union um, particularly towards Russian Jews who wanted to emigrate to Israel, but they ah. weren't allowed to because they were because of their dangerous politics. Um, mm. So we are that is pretty much what we are. We're yeah. going to be denied freedom to travel. We're going to be denied everything. So it's it's interesting that that our own media is now um, appropriating in a yes. positive way, as far as it's concerned, yes. the, the terminology of the Soviets. Yeah, 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 yeah. They probably Freud have a good a lot. time with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I tell you what annoys me most about these lockdown laws, because although you may think of is because as a criminal lawyer, you know, what you should criminalize, criminalizing something is the very last thing the state should do. Okay, there's lots of other things you can do beforehand before you get to criminalizing. But what they what they're essentially doing is cr- is criminalizing your humanity. Okay, so one of the leads in the mail a few days ago, you know, is you mustn't stop and chat to somebody if you if you see them. You know, you mustn't stop on a a park bench. And I'm like, this is close to sort of an involuntary act. It's actually very difficult to not stop and chat to somebody, especially if you're me. Um, So they're they're really criminalizing, as I said, your basic humanity. And because you've lost so much. You know, it's it's it, lockdown is such an easy word in a way. Oh, well, what's your problem? You're just staying at home. No, you're not allowed to play sports. You're not allowed. Your kids can't get any culture. Your kids can't see their friends. You can't see any of your relatives. You can't see any of your your own friends. You can't go to the pub. You can't. I mean, it, it encapsulates, you know, a thousand different human actions that you would normally do. And they've criminalized all of us. So I said, I said, you know, it's a monstrous burden to put on the population, a system of laws that can only be obeyed, A, by you know, an incredible amount of self-discipline, and B, will probably generate a huge amount of mental health difficulties and a huge amount of mental health il- illnesses. These are not ethical laws. You know, there is, there is such a thing called the rule of law, where you can only set up a law that you basically can obey. And it would have been one of the reasons against, you know, criminalizing private sexual behavior, that namely, if they're nearly, these laws are nearly impossible to obey and very difficult to enforce. And this is essentially what you're seeing, seeing with the lockdown. And so you, you get this, so a good example is, and another thing is you can criminalize an involuntary act. And there are lots of involuntary acts. So, you know, obviously if someone goes to punch you and you either would punch them back or move, that's an involuntary act. You can't stop yourself from doing it. Um, so you, as a rule, shouldn't criminalise that kind of action. But so, you know, they're talking about the footballers and the Premier League, who I can give and take. I don't have a particularly interest in them. But they're saying, you know, you cannot celebrate. OK, they haven't quite criminalised it. I don't know if you saw this. So at the weekend, some people were celebrating goals, you know, and they were in the changing room and they were all close together. So the FA and the government, they're all getting they're all going mad about this. And the referees have to tell the captains that all social distancing rules have to be abided by and you mustn't celebrate a goal. But it must be incredibly difficult not to celebrate a goal. Right. I mean, if you scored a goal at at a Premier League level or even at a grassroots level, you must get a huge surge of adrenaline, okay? 
And your instinct, your human instinct by virtue of your humanity is to go and celebrate it in whatever boneheaded way they celebrate it. And they're basically saying, no, don't do that. Yeah, you, you mark my words. You can't control it. Laura, they're going to be, they're, they're going to be banning spit roasting next um, <laughs> in clubs. <laughs> it, it's it's part of a, a, a footballer's natural instinct that yeah. you know when he encounters several groupies, he's got to respond to his natural animal yeah. responses. You can't stop it. Yeah, exactly. No, I and, know. And I, this I, is, I, this is this is why it's it's when I say it's called neo-communist. It's the same as you know the Soviets going into the Ukrainian farmers who are starving and saying, "Give me your grain." You know, you're you're. Yeah. You want your own grain because you're going to starve. This is this is this is part of your humanity. It really is. It isn't. It, I mean, there's obviously fascist tendencies, but it's closer to communism in enforcing these rules that go against your humanity so much. You know that urge to to keep the fruits of your labor, for instance. Okay. Yeah. To to so this is. Don't underestimate what they're doing here. As I said, it's it's it is monstrous. It's evil. Um, and the idea that it's something easy to abide by is, is, is it, it's completely wrong, you know? Yeah. The, the, I, let me, let me give you a, a really scary thought. Laura. <laughs> um, you mentioned the Holodomor or have you pronounce it? So we, yeah, the, the, the mass starvation of, of the peasants in the Ukraine and elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and we all know, we all know about the Holocaust and and what what the Jews went through, and we all know about these horrible periods of history. The, you know, the the rape of rape of Nanking and the I don't know. I mean, any number of hideous periods of history. The but the, the you know, or bubonic plague, and you you think that the period that you and I spent say the first thirty years of our life in was in a period was a period of of abundance and and mm. and. Uh, unending um, sort of uh, improvements in our in our lifestyle and, and and so on, but historically we were the exception rather than the rule. Um, yeah. You know, most periods of history, people have people have lived lived through oppression and suffering, and I'm slightly worried that we're we're we, this is what's happening now that the the, the curtain's coming down and we're going to be trapped in this. This new, this new normal, this, no, we had, this we, great reset, or whatever you want to call it. We had a good run, as as I think um, the Irish Murdoch wrote in the Children of Men. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, things are falling apart now, but you know, we had a good run. I mean, yeah, I can see that. I mean, materially, obviously, things are still fine, apart from the massive amounts of debt that they don't want you to look at too closely. Um, yeah, I look, you know, th- th- things are things are serious, unfortunately. It seems everybody's going along with it so far. Um, I don't want to predict too dire a consequences because it gets too depressing. But I mean, no, one doesn't you, want to do that. But you, you no. have to think about what's 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 the way out and what and what's interesting about this. I, th- I think, look, at the beginning we were talking. About, I was talking about about um, the captive mind and about how. All these people on our side of the argument, people, mm. even rigorous thinkers, people who are you, you would have thought would be sufficiently robust in their conservatism, not to not to fall for this this um, this arbitrary arbitrary yeah. tyranny that's being imposed on us. I mean, it, it should it should it should send shivers down their spine. It should trigger all their alert system, and it hasn't. Yeah. and it hasn't. And it's amazing that fact. 
But you look at look at people like the the, the free market think tankers who've who've embraced the government's position, um, mm. and you think about all the conservative columnists who are, who who seem to have have now fallen into line with the government line that the vaccine is going to make everything better, and. What we've seen already is that the vaccine, as we discussed, the vaccine isn't making everything better. It's not making any difference. People are being vaccinated en masse, but still they're saying you've got to wear a mask. You've, yeah. you've still got to isolate and stuff. So if even the vaccine isn't going to be the way out, what is the what is the way out? They seem to be well, not giving, giving us any options. I mean, it will it will go down right seasonally anyway. So this is this is going to tail off in March and April. And, you know, they, they may well give us our summer, right? You know, oh, but no, 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 I've got to stop you there. Stop you there. The, I agree that this is how things would happen normally. But given that yeah. everything is being rigged, given that the PCR tests are running at, at, at cycles far in excess of what you need to be able to ascertain what's real and what's not real. Yeah. Uh, given that this is a kind of case epidemic, not, not, a, not, a, not, a, not a pandemic, um, Given that all this is so, yeah, I agree that that it will become endemic and people, fewer people will die. But it seems to me that they're determined to, to squeeze every last bit of juice out of this thing in order to keep us scared, in order to keep us pliant. Mm. Um, but look, I, look, I am more, I, I, do, I do think they're going to start lifting things in spring and summer. The big question is, are they going to make this? Because I, I actually think for once the population will have had enough at that stage. But I do, the question is, you know, look, if the end goal is just multiple vaccines, then then they'll they'll lift it in the spring and summer and then they'll basically threaten it in the autumn and people will have to get their booster vaccine or whatever. And um, and, and they'll toddle on. They might impose a lockdown in 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 August or, Chris, you know, autumn or Christmas every year. And it seems yeah. everybody else will go along with it. I mean, yes. you know, it's it's difficult to predict what what they want or or what they need. And it, it still depends on the consent of the people, which they currently have. But if things change, I mean, I don't know how long people can continue going on with this self-deception. It's like you don't know anybody or very few people have known anybody who has died or is seriously, seriously ill from this. You know, yet, yet, yet people are still going, yeah, yeah, we need a stricter lockdown. Do you know anybody under the age of 60 who's died? No. Do you know anybody Laura, under the age of 80 who's died? No. Well, then why are you going along with I this? No, you know, I, but I, how long I, I people agree. can keep keep that up for is questionable. Okay, sorry, I, this is a bit of a jump, but I want to know what is going on with the universities, James, because you, one of yours, is in university now. We we two, had a university, right? So we had a we had a non we had a blog run yesterday about uh, universities and how bad things were there, and. You know, at the start of this pandemic, you know, if you're on our side, you think, well, there might be some silver linings, one of which most of the, you know, a lot of the universities will go bust because most of them are complete rackets anyway. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're just thinking, you know, how bad would it have to be? Now, I realize it was what's called a bait and switch, right? The university said, come, everything will be fine. We'll give you, we'll give you close to the university experiences we can get. And then once they were on campus, that turned into... Um, unlawful detention, online online lessons constantly, and basically um, being shut up in your in your room the whole time. And we're going to put up a couple of fences as well. 
And you're thinking, how bad would things have to get for people to say, actually, I'm not going to pay £9,000 to be unlawfully detained in very poor accommodation with police roaming the streets outside um, and to get virtually zero teaching? I mean, I just find it baffling. This, this... Tell me. There's a world of there's a world of pain. Well, okay, so so I I just hear dribs and drabs on universities, but yeah, one of the things one of one of the big discussions at um, my kids' university at the moment, lots of lots of petitions from kind of whiny students saying we should not be subject to any kind of um, rigorous exams this year because yeah. because you know this is so traumatic and disruptive mm. that that we should all essentially we should all be given first because because we deserve it because we've because we've <laughs> suffered and and there is apparently a debate within the russell group you know the russell group universities i think so far have been holding the line but they're coming under pressure from the from the from the kids to to basically give everyone everyone prizes and you can see you can, you can see see why this I, I, the the education of university children as school children has been completely debased by this yeah it's been you know we're going to be experiencing the fallout was you said last week you wouldn't want to be crossing over a bridge designed by an engineer who done engineering it you really wouldn't sorry you wouldn't i'm not going over Um, that bridge and and also we we okay so the kids are taking it well at the moment In in the way that people in their you know early 20s teens they do they just they accept what well well, the the boomers wouldn't have I mean, the boomers would be burning the place down right now, right? I mean, that's what they did during their time. I don't know. I still can't figure out what they were angry about. But when they were students... Well, there's 68, 68 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were you students... Mean, there's they, a Venable. Yeah, yeah, the teaching, they decided to... They had, they had free, free education that would put them straight into the elite, um, but they didn't like it and they protested anyway. I mean, there is we're no way... are talking about Peter Hitchens. Yeah, yeah, there's Peter no Hitchens way. Peter Hitchens' generation. The baby boomers would have been would have would have put up with this. So I don't understand why more students aren't protesting. I mean, I know you say, oh, they're whining. Look, I have a lot of sympathy for them. But I just I find it flabbergasting that people would still send their kids to university on, on these terms. Is it because you basically um, still need a degree for a job? I, well, you, you've got to think about it from the point of view. So so my kids are doing English. So they so they got into a, a difficult university yeah. um, with it with. With a decent course, they're half or or, or two thirds of the way through the, through a course, and suddenly this thing strikes. What what are they supposed to do? I okay. mean, there's no job, yeah. there's no jobs for them to go to. Yeah. Um. In fact, in fact, my son told me this that that like ten of his friends who've left last year. Mm. Um. The ones that whether some of them won, you know, they've got really good degrees, and some of yeah. them got coveted internships at top companies, and some of them didn't. But they're all in exactly the same boat. They've all been they've all been furloughed or whatever. They haven't yes. got anywhere to go. No, I, no I completely prospect. understand if you've started your degree, you basically yeah. have to go back. But I guess I was thinking more of if you were in, you know, you'd finished your A levels last summer. Would you? What would I have done? If if my kids were at that stage, you know, what have I've told them? Yeah, go go and go to university. Probably be okay. Or what have I said? Listen, don't do it. This is going to be a bad year. Just defer it or whatever. You know, I I, I, think, I mean, I, 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 I sympathise. Say again. I'm sure that's what you tell them. That's what that's what that's the advice I would have given my kids if they'd go. been in that position. Why would you go to university when you can't go to university? 
No, I mean, but I, mean, I, I, remote, I think as we'll be at home. I think most of people. I think most people said went though. I mean, I know a young girl. I used to play. I played tennis with her, and she was in that position. And and she had said, you know, the university gave her loads of assurances and and blah blah blah. And she obviously really wanted to go because to stay for her would have been to stagnate, right? But of course, she's she didn't want to stay at home. But of course, she's at home now anyway. She got last term, which was you know essentially, as I said, unlaw being unlawfully detained with having online classes. But now she'll be at home. She, they haven't let them back on campus. Or yours aren't on campus, are they? No, no, they're not um, at the moment. Although I think they, they they might they might have a go. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, so, the things that, that kids that when when they're in their early twenties, they really don't like being stuck with their parents. Yeah, like, yeah, they're, exactly. They're kind of annoying so it's, and boring. It, yeah, exactly. So why why you know it would have been difficult to say, look, I don't just don't go. It's not worth the fares for the year. I mean, what you would say, I guess, is the fares for the year. Here, I'll pay. I'll I'll, uh, I'll pay for you. I'll, I'll cover your flight to Sweden. Go work in a bar, whatever you want to do. I'll see you. I'll see you in. I'll see you at Christmas. Right, that's the close mm-hmm. closest you're going to get to a. The, I'm not saying I would have done that. I hope I would have, but yeah, I'm just wondering how. I, I just think the universities have been exposed, right, as being such a money making racket. Apart from the very top, right. I'm just like thinking, how bad would it have to be for people to say, for the middle class as a whole, to say, I am not doing it anymore. I am not putting thirty thousand pounds worth of debt either on yourself or or even paying whatever you might do or on the kids for them to get a degree. It just goes to show what a, what a filter the degree system is, that people still feel they need it to get a job. I mean, yeah. I don't know, you know, um, but how it's such a racket, you know, it's such a, what I'm saying, it's such a transfer of income from young people to basically, you know, uh, uh, the university, the, the academics at university. It is the blatant yeah. well, transfer of wealth. Well, uh, I mean, most of COVID is the blatant transfer of wealth. From from the next the rising generation to the yes. boomers and the massive bureaucracy and everybody else that's living off this. Anyway, um, that was the security services or whoever <laughs> telling us they didn't like my question no. about uh, is it is it planned? Because it is planned. Obviously, we know that. Well, yeah. I don't, you don't again, want to go there, do you? No, I don't. I, no, I mean, I'm, look, even if it wasn't, you know, even if it, pe- pe- people take advantage of things, right? People, people, um, uh, even if something spontaneously happens, they certainly didn't need to go down this route, right? I mean, they could have gone down an entirely different route until until uh, Ferguson came along and said, I mean, I'm, there's still a clip out there of Witty on Radio 4 going, we just want to flatten the peak. We just want to flatten the peak. You know, we don't want to do lockdown. We just yeah, want to yeah. flatten the peak. And then this guy, this computer knock comes along and says, um, you know, we're all going to die. And, and then they bounce us into this lockdown. What I do want to know, and I know in answer mm-hmm. this question, is if, so um, we're now relying on herd immunity through, through infection as well as vaccination. If they, 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 they uh, have the first lockdown lowered, well, it, it basically prevented some people from building up immunity to an even more transmissible variant, right? Yes. So, Mr. Lockdown Man, again, on your own terms, could you, could Mr. Computer Model, I want to see, predict this, if we had not locked down in spring and November and more people had gotten infected, would what would be the death rate now 
us having had immunity to the new super duper super super transmissible. This is what this is this is what both Dr. John Lee and I really want Ivor to know that. Say. Yeah. Okay. So so there's so there's two things to be said here. Um, first of all, I think this is Dr. John Lee's argument. Um, yes. And he says that um, what we're what we're doing by locking everyone away yeah. is preventing the milder versions circulating and and making sure that people are concentrated in uh in areas i.e hospitals where the more extreme form of the disease right. is yeah so so instead of having that that kind of natural resistance they're yes. just being whacked mm. in hospital where a lot of people are nosocomial cases seem to be yeah. the, the most predominant um and then we've got um, Ivor Cummins has talked to a researcher who points out that what lockdowns do mm. is that they make the most vulnerable section of the populace, i.e. the kind of people who are housebound and weak and, and old and, and so on. Yes. It makes them relatively more mobile in as much as uh, the popu the young population, which would be running around partying, raving yes. and stuff and contracting infections and building up herd immunity are no longer available to do able to do so so what it what it does is it stops that that it stops the disease becoming endemic but among the part of the population which really needs it to, to become endemic yeah. among them so they, they they no longer transmit it rendering the old people safe so yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely no no but, but the thing is if you try to make sense if you try to use um, your understanding of medical science and logic to yes. make sense of government's policy what you find is that you're tearing your hair out with despair because you're realizing that the government and the sage are pushing the exact opposite of what yeah. needs to be done to deal with this thing uh, and that's where that's where you end up eventually like me you end up becoming red pilled yeah. or black pilled saying this there it's is something packed. more to it's, it's so crazy it's been, yeah it's it's yeah. so out there this isn't just negligence or a mistake but to do what they're doing is so insane even on their own terms it has to be convinced. yeah i get yeah. It. It, it, it you'd only do it for a very specific reason no i mean i, I agree and i mean i'm just thinking like other other kind of blue sky thing like what, what's going to happen to the kids now who've been deprived of of circulating right amongst their own children and and, and in schools and picking up obviously the various books i mean they're there, next next winter, I would imagine there'll be kids, you know, a lot of kids will probably get very sick. I mean, they'll be fine. But there's, there's got to be a glut, right? Because they, they're not mixing as they normally would be. They're not outside. They're not playing. They're not doing well, exercise. Laura, that's an interesting I mean, point you make. It's crazy. I remember when my kids were very small, and you, this, you've had this experience more recently than I have. But I remember that children are like, did you see it? They're like petri oh, dishes just, for every just, disease go. Uh, they are just yeah, verminous yeah. pests. They've got. Yeah, I mean, I quite like. I quite like head lice because I quite like delousing <laughs> children. That's quite. Don't fun. even. I, I know it's quite a very significant bonding experience. Like, you really forget it. I had oh. to do it. Yeah, I, a year I really. Ago. I remember when my my kids got their last head lice. I felt rather no, sad. But, no, I have to tell you a headline story. I do uh, remember that the number of diseases that they, yeah. they, they bring back and, and, and you end up being ill all the time, whereas it's for them, yes. it's just their, their, their immune system in training. So yeah, what's yeah. going to happen now that they don't, don't have this early immune system developed? No, Surely I know. Look, that, that's another 
yeah, disaster I mean, waiting the, to happen. The big, the big question is, oh, they, they all said they still haven't resolved the allergy vaccine question. Remember how they said if you've got an allergy, you shouldn't take a vaccine? What, what's happening with that? Because a lot of people have allergies, Oh, and do you, right? do somebody, do you see the thing about the peanuts? Somebody, somebody did a very oh, good, no. good um, thing about peanuts. Okay, so, so they, uh, as you know, peanut allergy and children having anaphylactic yeah. shocks and stuff became, became a thing. Uh, whereas before, you know, when we were growing up, certainly yes. no one, no one had warnings before they went. They had a children's party where peanut butter sandwiches oh, don't were. Start were me. They, they, yeah, that was normal. Anyway, so they did this um, experiment, and whereby some children were kept completely away from peanuts of all kinds. Um, well, yes, there probably is only one kind of peanut, uh, and uh, other children were just kind of given. I know, exposed you, you know, to, to it a little bit. Yeah, exposed to it. And yeah. guess what happened? You'll never mm. guess. Actually, it's so bloody. Yeah, obvious. no, they say, of course, built up an immunity to it. Yes. Oh, they did. They yes. didn't. They children yeah. who'd been. Mm. Yeah. It, it, so. Well, I mean, again, I think we've got heaps of trouble coming. Yeah, I mean, there's a big question, of course, is why do so many kids have allergies? Luckily, I mean, I can be a bit Darwinist. None of my kids have allergies, mainly because I don't have the patience for it. So, you beat yeah. the allergies out of them, don't you? Yeah, right? that's I just, quite right. I mean, that's of course, the way I am, I am afraid to say I'm a complete, like, breastfeeding fanatic as well. I just think they feed... It, it, you it, make people, them eat dirt as well. Well, I mean, a little bit, yeah. And But I think, again, yeah. because the breastfeeding rate is so low, I mean, it, it it's not good for immunity. I don't like when people say very small children, like one or two-year-olds. People use it as, a, as an argument for nurseries for that age, which I don't like. Oh, they'll build up their immunity. You're like, no, they, no, they, no, they don't. But certainly from three upwards, you know, they should be mixing um, and they do, they do build up immunities and things like that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows what will, what will happen to them? Um, as, I, as I said, the lack of sport is, 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 is very bad. Um, you don't see as many kids out these days as you did in the first lockdown. Now, maybe because the online teaching is better, but like the first lockdown back in March, obviously because the weather's so good, you know, the boomers aren't so happy now because they can't just garden their way through this lockdown. Um, so, uh, oh, we've lost you again. You've paused. No, we haven't. Yeah, what? but you don't see as many kids out now cycling and scooting and all that stuff, although they have left the playgrounds, um, you know, open, so we should be grateful for that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I look, I don't, and also I haven't heard anybody being sick over Christmas. Like, I, again, for the last 10 years, I, my main aim in life will be not to be sick over Christmas because I had been sick over Christmas frequently and my husband as well was under very strict orders La Laura is you know you're not children aren't allowed allergies I just said if you get sick over Christmas like you have before you're in big trouble but nobody's been sick because no one's been out so I reckon the flu season next year is going to be it's going to be bad, but probably they'll put it oh, all well, down to COVID. Gonna, they're going to have to develop a vaccine for that. Then, yeah, 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 exactly. So again. I don't, I don't this know is... anybody who's been sick. I have, don't know anybody who's had a cough because, um, you know, again, you would have had this, you know, you, you, the, the freshers cough when they first go to university. And if you're in any of these lecture halls or debating societies, which I spent a lot of my time in, the whole hall is coughing their lungs out. But there's, yes, there's, no, there's I mean, Freshers' Week is just like the worst, isn't it? They're all com completely yeah. burned out. Well, they're all as bad as the toddlers. Yeah, they're, they're all, you know, they're as, they're as disgusting as the toddlers as students. So, um, look, he, I mean, they're all vegan now, of course, which is also a problem. That's going to screw them. Laura, everything, <laughs> everything connects. I mean, the yeah. failure... Of Let's the, but seriously, the, the failure, the failure of, of, of um, higher education, the, the, the fact yeah. that 
that you can go to university now and, and emerge more stupid than you than when you went in. Definitely. Um, the failure of the, the 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 promotion of of veganism as a, as a kind of as a desirable goal. Yeah. All these things, the the, the American elections, the, everything connects. And once you yeah. realise that, once you become like me, you're a hedgehog who who knows one big thing. You you start yeah. getting it. I know. And I know. You become you become like a kind of like David Icke, but but maybe less turquoise. Um, yeah. Turqu- I, I, got, I got, whenever I say turquoise, I get, I get picked up by people because I used to say turquoise because I, I come from the Midlands and uh, we, we, right. we say turquoise. Um, but, but, but then, then I, I married a posh wife who says, yeah. who pronounces it turquoise. Okay. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm no longer sure what the correct, what the sort of normal value judgment free um, piss taking, not get, you know, got version is. How do you say it? Turquoise. You Irish, you really say it. Turquoise. Turquoise. <laughs> Turquoise. And that's not even in the game. Don't slag, don't, dude, anyway. don't slag my accent off, man, because that will not go down. People well. can discuss this. I think <laughs> that I, I, I heard I heard coffee being um oh, yeah. being made. So I'm gonna I, I think it's time. I think we've given up. Yeah, our, we'll go. Our, but I I tell you what we will end on, because it's just good because Sir Roger Scruton, yes, it was good. his year anniversary yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He he it's died. He died a year. You 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 knew Sir Roger well, didn't you? I I had a really good um, podcast with him. I, I mean, remember you know, we, that. We sort of knew each other, and it was great. And it was like, do you know what? It was the best thing about it. What? It was about an hour and a half. Yeah. And it was like a tutorial with a really <laughs> good Don that you really yeah. admire. And at the end, he said something to me which sort of indicated it was like, you know, you're not incredibly stupid and my time wasn't wasted. I mean, he yes, didn't say that. He was much nicer, but that was the vibe I got. And, and yes. it felt so good to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be worthy of him. I felt worthy of him and that was nice. Yeah. No, I met him. I met him a few times and he was, he was really nice. One of the last times I met him, it was like, uh, I actually said to him, I was like, Sir Roger, I went to bed with you last night. And he's like, he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I read you on my Kindle. Um, but, so he enjoyed that. Oh, you... Yeah, of course, of course. That's when we used to be able to meet people in person. He was, he was lovely. I know, yeah. But um, he, uh, you know, I say, I say to Cathy now and again, you know, I'm just glad he wasn't here to see this in a way because it, it would have been too, it would have been too sad. Well, I, you know. I envy all my um, dead friends <laughs> that. Um, but at the same well. time, I think, I think, well... Yes, Christopher Booker would have had a would have would have had a fantastic time. I mean, he you know he'd have been he'd have been furious, and it would have just definitely tested his faith. Um, Yeah, he'd have had to be going to church a lot more, I think, to try and try and deal with it. But he'd have he'd have found it very interesting. So he's missed. I mean, we do live in interesting times, as the Chinese has it. No, I mean, that's, that's true. That's true. As you say, with the last quote from Lord of the Rings, you said, you, you know, I, you have to, you have to, you have to decide what you want to do with the, with the time during this particular battle. Um, I know it's, it's true, but it's, it's, I'd, it's hard to fight the hysteria, man. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather yeah. live on, on Liberty's stroke smack Island where basically you spend your whole day 
on heroin, doing a bit of light scuba diving, right. um, or smoking, whatever, just completely out of it. it, it the problem is, I'm not even sure there's even going to be space for that. I don't see how you're going to be able to finance this this sybaritic lifestyle where, where, where you're going to be that sufficiently free to have any autonomy over your life anymore. That's what, what bothers me. Well, I, I so don't we've, just got, we've got to fight because well, there's nothing else to do. Yeah, well, it's not just that. I mean, I do I do think actually them um, egging, I mean, I, I, the suicide numbers aren't very clear, but I certainly think they want, well, they're pushing people to despair. You know, and I, I, we will, uh, we shouldn't really end on this, you know, so in terms of taking drugs and in, in taking alcohol and committing suicide, this, again, is what makes it demonic to me, that they're pushing people to despair um, and they're getting people to finish themselves off, which is particularly evil, um, because in Catholic theology, that will get you straight to hell. But um, so there's a, they, they, you know, there are dark forces at work here. Um, and oh, and sure. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think pushing despair on the population, they don't seem to care how much mental health damage they cause is um, we have an anonymous mom blog on today about how difficult it's been for her child, like really, really upsetting to read. I mean, it's it's terrible what they're doing. Terrible. You must. Yeah, we have to fight it as best we can. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, Laura, thank you for, for our chinwag. Always, yes. a, always a pleasure. And yes. I'm sure that yet again, we'll be offering a lifeline to our, to all our listeners. And, yes. and know that you're not alone. There are people no. like me and Laura who feel <laughs> just as strongly as you do. And we're going to get through this. We're going to be big and brave. Mm. And if nothing else, we're going to find each other and we're going to give each other support. And, yeah. um, and then we're going to break out. We're going to break out of, the, um, of, of, of Bastogne and we're going to take the fight to the enemy. I kind of want yes. to make them pay, James. I would like to make them pay. Oh, oh they'll pay. They will pay, Laura. Mm. Mm. Anyway, take it easy. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, James. <laughs>